Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Goldmines with Kevin Hart. Welcome, world. Welcome to an all-new episode of Comedy Goldmines, where we do what? Tell me what we do. Tell me what we do. I can hear you saying it. Like, technically, I can't because... I'm on my podcast, but I know you're saying it back. I know you're in your cars or you're on a treadmill or you're doing something where you're working out or just being in a self, a self love space where you love to listen to this and you're going, we get inside the minds of funny people. That's what you're saying. Because that's what we do here on comedy gold minds because, Oh my God, what amazing minds funny people have. And today we got a, we got a weird funny mind. We got an amazingly talented, funny, comedic, extraordinary mind. A friend. I can honestly say more like family now. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Niecy Nash on Comedy Gold Minds. Niecy, what's going on? What's to it, Gil? What's going on? Uh, you know, I would say that I am a... You know what I am going to say? Niecy, I don't know how you've never touched the stage for stand-up comedy. Um, for my listeners, if you're not familiar with Niecy Nash, let me make you familiar. Um, amazing show she's had on TNT uh, called Claws. Um, you may be familiar with her from Reno 911 um, and her amazing uh, time on that show where, where the world of um, that false reality sketch parody like comedy was, I feel like, revived because it had died for a moment and Reno 911 came along and put together an amazing cast with so many funny people, some that came from the, um, the sketch world, some that didn't. But the show, it became a huge success. And of course, uh, a lot of the cast went on to have amazing careers. And Nisi acts as an example of one of those amazing careers, not just TV, movies, and tons of other things. I mean, an author, uh, she's, she's doing it and has done it all. Proud of her, I am, but shocked. Shocked that you have not touched the road of actual stand-up comedy. And that's a, that's a real question. Why? Why is that? Okay, well, touched it, yes. Lived on it, no. What happened was, I, I don't know, I know you know. There was a point in time where they were giving every stand-up a sitcom. You remember back in those days. I do. And so I said, well, if that's what I got to do to get a show, let me get on the stage. Got on the stage. I had a good time. You know, I was a comic uh, about seven months when I landed. Um, what's the big thing in Canada? Uh, just uh, Montreal. Yes. Montreal, Montreal. Just I landed that. I did stand up there. 
Uh, and, and let me, a uh, little known fact, the year that I went, it was me, Mike Epps, Monique, and Craig Robinson. We were the four, okay. we were the four black people. Okay. Uh, and, and I, you know what? I could not really live in a stand-up world because at that time, my children were little. And the very last time I was on stage, that was back when they would make the girls wait till 1130, 12 o'clock to go on. I got up around midnight and I said, I was at the uh, uh, improv and I said, how's everybody doing tonight? And all of a sudden my, I was nursing and my milk came down on stage. Wow. And you know, I, I covered up the girls, uh, Carmen and Brittany, cause that's what I call them. And I went home and I never went back. So you had a lactate situation on stage that pretty much put you in the mindset of this ain't for me. He said this, this ain't for me. <laughs> Not with little babies because you need to tour to be a successful stand-up. And it just, my, the way my life was built at the time, I couldn't do it. So I, I decided to just be funny on camera. It's never not been a thought in the back of your head of, okay, well, wait, man, like what, what type of real success am I experiencing now? Oh my God, is there another level? Is there a springboard to more? And you know, if there was, is this the door that it could be? Like when I say you have, you got that thing and it's just so much more, you know, than what you've put on display, of, of course, on television throughout the years. I just feel like some people have it and it shocks me that you never tried it. And I hate that a fucking little bit of milk coming from your breast stopped you. I hate that's what stopped you. <laughs> it wasn't just that. <laughs> it, it wasn't just that. It wasn't. No, it was just that, you know what? But I feel like to do stand up, you have to love that medium. Okay. You have to love it because stand up is its own beast. It is not like when they hand you a script. You never know what that audience is going to be that night. You never know how it's going to go. You stuff that you thought would kill, sometimes it don't. Sometimes you come up with something on the thing and you like, I'm going to write that shit down because then I, I didn't know I was even going to say that. It, it is its own beast. But I think you have to be super passionate about it in order to uh, wax eloquent in it. And I liked it, but I don't know that I loved that medium enough. Oddly, because I started being funny, I kept trying to prove to people that I could do something else. Like that last thing you did that I called you about. I, you know, I told you on the text that you were marginal, but in my heart of hearts, you were really fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> that was me loving that was you that was you doing your best to, to show me some type of love and a way that only you can this is marginal Kevin but but what that really meant is that Kevin oh my god I'm so proud of you You're yes and I love you I love you I love you uh, where do you find your most fun now I mean you know when we when we talk about that comedic tone um, is that where is that where you do find your joy? You're happy? Is that where, you know, you, is that where you're, you're loosest right now um, in your career? Or do you feel like, okay, you've got a lot more and you're now getting to the side 
because in Claws, I feel like you played both sides of it, right? Like in Claws, you're not sure. You you got there's a grounded there's a grounded tone to your character, and yes, there's personable moments, yes, there's funny moments, but all in all, you know the story and the arc of that character and why she's in the position that she's in and the relationship that she's have, uh, it goes down a nice little dark pipeline. So that's not necessarily yeah. the world of funny that you once were in. So where where are you at mentally now? Just in want and in happy and in you know. I guess you can say just comfort in a space. Well, in happy, I love being a part of a hybrid. Okay. Um, I, you know, like, you know, so I like to double dip and be able to give people both, which mm-hmm. I have found. I, I mean, I now know that comedy is such a gift. It is the one thing in this business that nobody can teach you. You can't go to a class and learn it. You, 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 you just either are or you're not. Now you could you could work out ways to harness it and ways to give it to the world, but it's a gift that you show up with that you cannot get in anybody's class and in anybody's workshop. So I love the fact that I am I was made funny, uh, and I love that I get to show people that I'm also more than that. Okay. So I guess that would be my. I'm starting a new job now on um, on ABC called the Rookie Feds, where I'm the oldest trainee uh, in the FBI, and it is definitely going to be a hybrid. And I feel like that's my sweet spot. People who can make you laugh can make you cry, but the reverse is not always true. I like that. I like that. That's smart. How how does Nisi Nash get here? Let's go down that road, right? We know where you now are. And I gave an amazing intro, which was deserved, but not really, because I know you. Um, you know, but how how do you get here? How does Nisi Nash get in the business? Um, I was a kid who got pinched in church for playing around, got put on punishment because I was talked too much was on my report card. And my mom was like, well, what was you in there talking about? I was telling jokes. Oh, you want to be funny? Let me give you something. To, let, 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 come here. You know, and so I got in trouble a lot uh, for what I thought was just my personality. And and Mm -hmm. so I didn't know that being funny was a thing. And then in 93, my only brother was murdered on his high school campus. I don't know how you get caught in a love triangle at 17, but that was our lot in life. And I watched my mother go from this vibrant person to saying, I'm getting in the bed and I'm never getting back out. Mm -hmm. And so I knew, but at that young age, my brother was murdered the day before my 23rd birthday. Only brother or or a sibling of? Oh, that was my only brother. And so I say, at this young age, I don't know how to help my mother, but I do know I can make her laugh. And the genesis of all of it, I guess walking it out was me coming to my mother's house every day doing stand-up at the foot of her bed, doing characters, doing voices, you know, whatever I could do to, you know, bring her up a little. Um, And one day I went there and she wasn't in the bed. And I was, her car was in the front, but I'm like, she's like, we're in here. And I'm like, who is we? I went across the street and got the neighbors, you know, Miss Brown and Miss Sadie, get up there and tell these people some jokes. Y'all gonna love this, you know? And I was like, what? So my first uh, real, first time I did stand up was in front of the neighbors 
And as I was standing on the, she said, get mama's karaoke microphone and tell these people some jokes. And that is when I realized that comedy was a gift. And I heard a voice, Kevin, as audible as my own say, Nisi, don't be a selfish heifer. Go outside and spread this around because it's a lot of other people suffering. And that was the, the, the gateway. Because I was trying to get very serious jobs and nobody would hire me. When I walked in a room and I said, my name is Nisi Nasha, I'm funny. They were like, yes, you are, little girl. Get over here and, and get to get. And that was, that was how I started that path. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm blown away, first of all, by uh, the events that took place attached to your brother. I mean, goddamn. Um, you know, I can only imagine at that time what what that probably felt like what you went through and it's crazy you know because you hear a lot of um you hear a lot of stories about the the journey that a lot of these um personalities that make us smile and make us laugh have been through right and you know some dark some not um some complex some not but you know the the real stars that make you shine um find true reason and purpose for doing said thing and I think it's amazing that you found that um, through the world of fucking turmoil, right? Like you're talking about your mother and what you saw her turn into and, you know, taking that and uh, using that as reason for you to act as sunshine. You know, um, you want to put a smile on people's faces more. Um, I, I think that's, that's the definition of like, uh, that's real strength. That's real fucking strength. First of all, thank you. But second of all, when you hear the term in this business, tears of a clown, I feel like you could look up in, you know, in the dictionary and see photos of many of us because a lot of, a lot of the people that I know that bring me the most laughter have experienced the most pain. And so I'm like the kind of person who, what I'm grateful to God for is that you can't tell what I've been through by looking, Kevin. You know, but prior to even my brother being murdered, I was 15 when I saw my mama get shot by her boyfriend, you know? So there was a lot of violence and a lot of, and a lot of pain. And when I found comedy, let me tell you how it helped me and hurt me at the same time. It helped me because it was an outlet and I realized that I could, I could give something to the world that I felt like was needed, but how it hurt me, I played too much. And I, was, and I could never be serious in real life for a long time because I thought if I let myself feel that, it ain't no coming back from that. So like even when I was married the first time, my ex-husband would be like, uh, hey, we need to talk. And I would just start cabbage patching. We need to talk. Hey, we need to talk. And he would be like, no, like, stop. Like, <laughs> and I just did not want to be serious because I felt like if I ever stopped laughing, my heart was going to fall out. Wow. I just had to stay on the ride. And then eventually wow. we maturate, we mature, we go to therapy, we have a glass of act right. But for a long time, I was a one trick pony. It's going to be laughs or nothing. Wow. Uh, I like that because I relate to it. I relate to that. You know, um, I'm definitely a product of the, of the, okay, man, you know, shit. I'm, I think I'm hurting. But to mask from it, let me pop lock, right? Let me, <laughs> let me, oh, shit, something ain't right. 
I feel a little funny, man. I think this may be sad. I'm going out and I'm about to, I'm about to tell somebody something to make me laugh. Hey, remember that time when, like, I'm, yeah. I'm that guy and I've been that guy, um, for a large portion of my life, almost to the point now where I may not have, I may not have feelings or emotions. <laughs> like, I've, I, I, I really think that right now, I may be a product of like that shit is so suppressed because of how much you know I've dealt with over the course of time and how many fallen soldiers uh relationships uh I mean there's 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 true there is true meaning to what you're saying and my side of of relatability comes from you know really hand-on experiences that are aligned with that. Like, I'm, I've been that, and I may still be that. Wait a minute, but here's the funny part about all of it. After you've done it for so long, you can't even stop doing it because now everybody depending on you to keep it going. So it's just like, you're like, I'm, I'm going to live here until I can unpack wow. this thing. I've, I've, I'm telling you, it is, it's one of those things now that I'm actually thinking about. I'm like, fuck, man. Because when I run back to stand-up, it's always after a break, after a delay, right? And and my rush back to the stage comes from stress, going through too much. It's fucking shit is just really starting to weigh on me. I'm overwhelmed. Goddamn, I'm about to pop. I'm a walking fireball. I'm going to go, I'm going to get back on stage. And the stage is my muse. That's my... The laughter, that acts as my, that's my fucking, okay. That's my calm. That's my drug. So if, if I was addicted to anything, I'm addicted to the feeling that comes with laughter. I'm addicted to the feeling of joy that others are having because that's what brings me the most joy. So that's the way of suppressing whatever, whatever this thing is. You know what I mean? And when you say tears of a clown, it's fucked up. But I understand. I too, I too get it. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious, satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? <coughs> or just a horrible accident? <coughs> That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a Slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags, because getting away can be murder. This is 
Slaycation. You now, of course, are are on this journey to success, right? You're on this road, and an amazing road it is. What are the people around you thinking um, as you grow, as the opportunities start to present themselves, and they see that you know your your life could possibly change. You could possibly be something that none of us were, or that none of us thought that you were going to be. What was the feeling of like belief from your from your circle, from your family? Um, well, my mother has always been surprised at every rung mm-hmm. of every ladder. You know what I mean? Girl, them people gonna give you a star on the walk of fame. Girl, them people gonna let you get on the magazine cover. I'm like, who are what people? What are, what are you even talking about? Well, it 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 it, it just it, it sounds very much like Massa gonna find out we reading and writing. I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know, my mother is very happy for me, but very like I've never seen this up close. No one in our family is in entertainment. No one in our family you could turn on the TV. There was at one point where. I cut the TV on one day and five different things were on that I was in, in the same running down the channel. I just put the remote down and tears ran down my eyes. And I said, man, God is kind. Wow. And, 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 And so I know that because I live in a place of gratitude, the people around me are, we're similar in that space. Um, so very, very happy for me. Uh, but with regards to my children, I think because they grew up with me being on TV, I made it look easy. And so when you're good at anything, people think, oh, that's nothing for you. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, then you try to do it. But, and when they tried to do it, it was like, oh, yeah, this is more than just getting mm-hmm. your hair and makeup done every day. It's a lot more. So I think that they, you know, the people in my circle are happy for me. But if I'm honest, Kevin, sometimes they have to remind me of who I really am. Because I, I for, I, sometimes I just don't see myself the way others see me in the world. Why do you think that is, though? Why? I, you know what? I'm trying to figure that out. Because I, sometimes I just forget. And it takes and Ava DuVernay or, you know, um, my my sister in the business, Kelly Stewart, or my BFF, Sherry Shepard, to be like, Bitch, do you know who you are? Like, stop it, knock it off, and, and, you know, here's a way of thinking of it. I don't know. Sometimes I just still feel like, um, I just still feel like everything that God has shown me has not come to pass yet. So I still feel like I'm mm-hmm. moving towards the mark. And sometimes the good people in my life say, no, because there was a mark and there was a mark and don't forget that mark. And I'm just grateful to have people to see me, uh, fully see me when I can't see myself. I think that's, uh, I mean, that's very honest. That's very honest, but I think that's also a talent within itself, right? Like that's the, that's the humble approach to any type of success. When, when you dim your light, um, mainly because it's like you're still in such disbelief that you are where you are. 
because you're constantly reminding yourself of where you come from. That's a that's an amazing talent. And that's a talent that a lot of people fucking don't have, by the way. A lot of people get lost in the new and forget the old. A lot of people, you know, get lost with the new identity, the new fucking, the new goddamn presentation of who they are. A lot of people standing at it it's, as if it's been that. And if it's a, as if it can stay that way for their whole life, as if life can't throw hooks, you know, gut shots, uppercuts, and fucking knock you down. You know, some people aren't aware of the strength of the unknown. And I think those that are, those that are find a lot of success and more success because they're always thankful for what's to come. They're always grateful for what's being given or for what's being like, holy shit, I can't believe I got something else. Oh my God, I'm on a billboard. Oh my God, I'm on TV. Like those are the real moments. So I, I, um, it still brings tears to my eyes sometimes. And I know another thing that contributed to it and you, I don't know if you've ever experienced this in a relationship, but sometimes you can be with people who need you to be small. They need you to, to, to just dim it down. Did turn that light down to pinch because it makes them feel away. And so if you've ever experienced that and you've walked in that for a while, that can also be a part of it. Let me not do too much because you're going to feel away. You know what I mean? And now that I'm on the other side of that, I just feel like I could be as shiny as I want to be. And uh, because I'm supported and, and seen in a different, through different eyes. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you now, I know you said that you have something else that you're working on now. Is there a checklist of goals to come that Nisi Nash has that she, that she feels like, you know, she's yet to do that, that your job in the space of entertainment isn't done until you do said things? Like, what's the world of want for you at the moment? Oh, I really want to, um grow my production company, Chocolate Chick. It is very, very important to me to, I, I am so passionate about actors and I love creating opportunity for other people to win. I never forget when I booked um, uh, uh, the Bernie Mac show, playing his sister, playing mm-hmm. Bernie's sister, uh, rest in peace to the late great. Uh, Bernie Mac. Very funny, very funny show, very funny role, by the way. Thank you. And when I first was told, he told me I got the job and he said, I got mine, you get yours. He said, baby girl, do you and I'll follow. Wow. And I never forgot that. And I, and he, he made room for me. He let my gift make room for me. If I wanted to go off script, if I wanted to have the joke that went up the, you know, the, 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 the biggest, or I added something that the whole crew started laughing and we had to film it over. He's like, keep that, do that, get that. And I loved what my takeaway from him was share the light. Mm-hmm. It is always, mm-hmm. it, it, there is, always room. So I'm so passionate about actors and I want to continue to grow my brand. I mean, my production company, Chocolate Chick. I want to be able to um, flat-footed say that I'm a movie star because okay. I could get a job on TV if I can't do nothing else. Uh, um, there are certain people who I want to work with in life. Um, no. Why? No. Why? I just felt like we did that one little movie together a thousand years I'm ago. I'm not dealing with you. 
You weren't even a big I'm deal. I'm not then. dealing with you. You couldn't stand on your wallet then. You know, you had your, your hair wasn't even uh, curled up at the top back then. <laughs> you, you still had a flat. <laughs> you had a low cut season, man. Come on. You wasn't wearing custom suits. Come on, Kevin. Now don't act like I don't. Okay, don't. Don't act like that. Your shoulders wasn't even. I remember the way. <laughs> you probably had one ass. You had one ad, Kevin. You're on the gram with your shirt off every damn day. You had yeah, one ad. Don't act like you had any of it. <laughs> Nisi, you on the fucking, you on the big screen is amazing. Like, what do you mean? That's a, that's a no-brainer. I feel like, you know what I think happens? What I, what I feel like happens? I think that the misconception from TV to film, um, is that, is that like the, world of TV doesn't transfer to the world of film. That's not, that's not the case. I mean, I think TV stars, of course, are TV stars because um, there's, a different, there's a different relationship with an audience that's built over the course of time. And that audience is one that's in someone's living room, and that rapport is different from the one that's on the big screen, right? The big screens are more of the event. Um, the TV is more of the day-to-day. -day. Like this is, these, this, these characters, these shows, these storylines get me by my week. They get me by my days, my whatever. Like it's a relationship and a journey that you go through. Um, with with any type of TV show and the cast, because the cast grows. The the show goes on and on, especially if you're fortunate enough to get to season one, two, three, four, five. Like that's that's a big fucking deal. Over the course of a hundred episodes, uh an audience has got to see you go through a journey of and then you say goodbye at the end. Um the side of event to movie is different. It's just different, right? And the the road of going back and forth well, it's one that requires a lot of work. So nine times out of 10, when the person that's doing TV, if that show is going for a long time, that time off is a break. And a lot of those um, uh, actors or actresses, some of them prefer to have that time as downtime, right? Be with their family, be with their loved ones, have a break, come up for a breath for fresh air, and then go back to work to go film the next season when. But that time for life is something that people take advantage of. I'm an asshole that, that didn't do that. Like I'm, I'm the guy that's all right, I'm off. I'm gonna go back. I got the other thing. And then when I'm done that thing, I do the other thing. And, and I look up and my fucking, my break is, is two weeks. I got a two week break that I've allotted for vacation, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a gift and a curse to the grind. And that gift and the curse is, you know, you don't come up for the air as much, but you going and doing fucking movies, Nisi, that's, that's easy. That's easy. You're too, you're too vibrant of a personality. And, uh, I mean, if you're talking about a laugh, you're a guaranteed laugh track. And if you're talking about a grounded role where you get the best of both worlds, you presented that as well. So I think that's just about the right piece of development. And like you said, who you want to work with, what you want to do. That's not a hard fucking task like that's more about people just wanting to know oh you want to do that because there's an assumption that comes with oh well i know they got the show and they do this yeah. so they're in the off season i mean maybe they may want to do it it's like people are more timid to ask because of what they assume your world to be 
Yeah. That's the world. That's the problem with TV to film. It's the assumption that those are doing TV. Oh, well, it's going to be tough because they're shooting and then afterwards they're off. So maybe we can, maybe we won't. Let's just see what else is out there that's a little more reliable because that may not come back. Because that's nine times out of ten what a lot of the stars in that space have done over the course of time. Yeah. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure. Because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. I used to work through, but my work through was always in other television because now that we have this non-traditional filming of uh, schedule for streamers, you can, you can be on the TV show, in that show, and then go over to a streamer and get star, do a limited series, but it all still kind of stayed in that same, same wheelhouse. And now that, you know, I have this goal to make love all around the world, <clears throat> I might need those breaks. I don't know. I love this. I love this because this is a, this is, this is how, I think this is how people really go, you know what? Like, like, you know, when you have conversations that make people go, you know what? That's what this is. This is a, you know what conversation? Because when, when I hear this now, it ignites me to go, well, that's dope as fuck knowing that Nisi wants to do something in the space. What can I, what can I possibly find in said space? What could I do with Nisi? Where, where can I get down with Nisi? Now knowing that, because I would get down with Nisi in a fucking heartbeat. Like, I'm, I'm all for it. When you talk about that space of, like, you know, production company or sharing the light, you know, you having a production company, uh, me having the knowledge that I have behind the production company is like, you know, this is, this is a moment where you truly do get to see and understand how to help educate and inform um, those that you're closest to. Because I say it all the time on this podcast. Information is the one thing that we don't share. Information is the one thing that we're so secretive about. Pray louder for the people in the back, Kevin. It's so crazy that we really, really don't, we really don't have, and we don't, we don't understand. Like, it's a, it's a big, it's a big thing. It's a real, real big thing. It's a real, real big deal. Um, I think in this time, we should glorify that. We should glorify the fact that um, the business of entertainment has now become an open book. It's an open book. It's an open book. And I think you fucking, you should, you should, each one should teach one. And in this space, yo, I'm, I'm there for that, for you, with you and just giving you fucking, giving you things that you can use that can help make your world better, or even co-producing something with you. Nisi, like there's so many ways to help elevate your world of production, right? It doesn't have to be the, the Kevin Hart side of it or the Nisi Nash side of it. It can be the idea that you have that you wanted to fucking do. The idea that you have that you want to develop. I can help develop it with you. Co-produce. Help fucking get your legs in different doors. Then you go on and do things yourself off of those relationships. There's so many ways to play that game when it comes to producing. Oh, that's a gift though, Kevin, because a lot of people are, I feel like we are either socialized or out of fear. We don't want to leave the door open. We're not a help community as a whole because people are either so scared you're going to get what they got 
or, or, or are they, you're going to take something from them or you're going to be shinier than them or, and I just, I've never, this should never been my way. You know, uh, I was the only person in my family who ever wanted to pursue entertainment. So I didn't know what I didn't know. And I was flying it all by the seat of my pants. And so when I learned a thing, I always wanted to tell the next person like, oh, here's the thing. And I, I almost missed my very first movie. I almost missed the flight because when this was back when they used to send an, a traditional limousine to pull up in front of your house. They, and, and when they told me that we're going to send a car, I thought it was going to be some guy named Jeremy in a Toyota. And me and my mama looked out the window at this limo so long. She said, girl, I bet you Miss Brown done died. I said, oh, she was so nice. Now we're looking at the limo, waiting on the family to come out. And finally, we realized that it was my car. Almost missed the dang gone. The dang on thing because I didn't even know that I didn't know how all the all the <laughs> all the things worked. So I love hearing. I you know the if somebody is open to share, I'm like a sponge. I'm like yes. What do I need to know? And I'm helping the next person. And we should that should be the goal. Absolutely. Do you have anything that you act as a producer on now? I'm an executive producer of the series that I'm doing, Rookie Feds, on ABC. I'm an executive producer hmm. of my series that starts Monday, Don't Forget the Lyrics, on Fox. Okay. So these are two things. These are two things that you're not only um, acting in, but that you got your hand on the producing pattern as well. Yes. And with Claws, did you ever make that, did it ever go down that pipeline with Claws? Were you ever able to attach yourself? I started as a work for hire. Mm -hmm. And by the time it was over, I was a producer director. Okay. How many episodes did you direct? One. And the second nice. time I was supposed to direct that next year, my foot was broken. And so I was acting, my foot was broke. It, it was so many things that were, it was just too overwhelming to do it and not be a hundred percent. Well, what I love, man, I love that. Like you're, you're, you're taking the opportunity and you're going through doors um, that you're figuring out can be open. Like, you know, like you said, the first one you were work for hired and by the end of it, you were EPing and then you also saw the opportunity to direct. I mean, the education comes from just being in the environment. Now you're talking about the show that you're hosting um, and executive producing. Don't forget the lyrics. That's one. Then we're talking about an ABC series that you're starring in as well as EPing on as well. I mean, this this is the the other side and right now just for information for you these are Nisi nash ep moments right when you talk about the company well the next stage is implementing the company to where the company acts as a producer right or a producing partner and then under the company's umbrella then you're also a creative or an ep but the company is a producing partner so that that money goes through the company and then the company is paying out the EPs under your umbrella. That's how you get your staff. That's how you pay for the staff. That's where the the world of um, financial distribution starts to change the dynamic of the engine that you've created. So just something to keep in your mind, it's Nisi Nash today, but it should be uh, the chocolate girl. Is that what you said it is? Chocolate Chocolate chick, chocolate chick. It will be chocolate chick tomorrow and figuring out the things that you want to make um, your world of, of, of like identity. That's the other fun part of it. Like, what do you want chocolate chick to be known for? 
What do you want? What do you want that producing eye to look like? That's where it gets dope. That's where you start to have the most fun because now those opportunities that you're talking about, that light that you're talking about sharing, well, it's easier. It's much easier. I love what you're saying because when you say what, you know, sparks you and what brings you joy, it is the always finding another a way to play in this business. I've been a TV show host. I've, I'm an author. I'm a, you know, I've directed, I've acted, all of these things, but it's the what else that gives me butterflies in my stomach. It's like, oh, you know, now I want to do this and now I want to try that. And, you know, and figuring out that way, the, the, when you don't know what you don't know, you know what you want and then you, you put it out in the universe and, it, it is just like, it'll, it'll, it'll come to you as long as you continue to just don't get off the path. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm staying on it until I see the promise. I like it. I like it. And I'm here for it. Yo, I think that, uh, this is, this is an amazing place just to put a button on it. Right. Um, and the reason why I say to put a button on this conversation, because the conversation is one, um, that I feel is is so inspiring if you truly listen to it correctly. And the inspiring piece to the conversation for me is, of course, your journey and your road um, to implementing yourself into the space of laughter that then transferred over to the space of entertainment and allowed you to put your talent um, in front of many. And that talent was seen and, and, and gravitated towards where you've become the successful actress that you are. And I mean, you've worked consistently for oh shit. How many years now? Nisi? how many years have you been working in this business? Sorry. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That's amazing. God bless you. That's amazing. I won't say that on there. That's not for the people to know. That's not for the people to know. I'll keep that to myself. But I like that you're still going. I like that you're still grinding. And I like that you're still smiling. And, you know, the reference that you that you gave um, as far as tears of a clown, it can have so many meanings. But, you know, those tears that once were, well, they do turn into joy at some point. And happy looks good on you. And I, I couldn't. I couldn't be happier for anybody else just because I know you. And, and knowing you, knowing how grounded you are, knowing how loving you are, like your energy is dope as fuck because it's real, it's genuine. And I think that's why the blessings that you've had continue to come. Don't fucking change, Nisi. All right, I know I talk a lot of shit to you on our personal life and text and everything. I'm very mean to you. But in true life, I love you. I love you and I appreciate you. And that's what Comedy Gold Mines is about. Comedy Gold Mines is about getting inside the minds of these amazing people. Oh my God, these funny minds and how amazing these minds are. Today's mind was no different. Ladies and gentlemen, Nisi Nash. Thank you for having me, Kevin. I know what you're thinking, Nisi. God, he's so good at all everything he does. He's just so fucking good. Yeah, that. Actually, I was thinking, well, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. Get off. Yeah, whatever. Get off my podcast. Goodbye. Comedy Gold Mines is a serious XM and LOL audio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weil. With Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald.
Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.